So I'd like to read to you uh, from the Bible, um, and I'm going to read from um, the New Testament. I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke, and uh, chapter 15, and it's called the parable of the prodigal son, or the lost, the lost son. This is Jesus telling this story. And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. Jesus told this story, one of the best known stories in the Bible actually, in response to some religious people who were questioning the company that Jesus was keeping. He was hanging out with people on the fringes of society. Jesus was rubbing shoulders with people who didn't have it all together. With imperfect people. Jesus had a lot of time for broken people and messed up people and rebellious people. And the religious people of his day didn't approve of the company that Jesus was keeping, the people he was hanging out with. And so Jesus, in his inimitable style, took them on head on and he told some stories. He told three stories, actually, to demonstrate the heart of God towards people that don't know him or people that don't relate to him. He, He told the story of a lost sheep and how a shepherd would leave 99 sheep and go after the one sheep that was lost. He told another story of a lost coin and how if 
a woman had, was sweeping her house, and if she'd lost this one coin, she would, she would sweep her house, and she would look for this lost coin. And, and then he told this third story that I've just read out to you now, the, the story of the lost son, the story of a son that went far away from his house and from his father, which was that, that story that we read today. And this story centers around a young man who was a long way from home. He'd grown up in a supportive family, a wealthy family, with household servants and everything materially that you could want. But he had made some choices in life that took him away from his father's house and his family. He got his hands on some of his dad's money and he just went for it. He just decided to to blow the lot. Anything he wanted, he thought he would go after it. And it feels good sometimes when that happens in our life. You get a kind of a, of a high. You want something, you go after it, you get it. It feels like, it feels like freedom. No restrictions, no limitations. You do what you want. You do when you want to do it, and you do it with pretty much who you want to do it with. And he was a long way from home. Nobody knew him, so he really let loose. He really went for it. All those restrictions of home life were gone. Having to get up at a certain time, having to go feed the livestock, having to help in the household, having to do the chores, having to work in the family business, having to think about other people and their needs and their requirements. Now life was about him and only him. He could get up when he wanted to get up. He could do what he wanted to do when he wanted to do it. And it felt really good. And he didn't hold back on anything, at least at first it felt good. While the money flowed and the booze flowed and all those friends came out of the woodwork, and it was party time. And this is the story that Jesus tells. And it was party time, and this son parted harder than anyone else. And this lasted for quite a while. But then, it started to feel a little hollow. It was the same old routine, actually. The music began to jar a little. The money started to dry up. It took a bit more effort to feel the highs that he felt at first. And the crowds started to thin out like the money. And you can follow the downward slide in this story, the unfolding tragedy, the story of someone who's made choices that seem to him to lead to absolute freedom, but before he knows it, he is deep in the manure. In fact, he's deep in pig manure. And there are always consequences to our choices in life. And as he sits, and as he gets this part-time job feeding pigs, which to a Jew was an absolute anathema, he starts to feel this longing. It's actually an ache inside of him. 
He tries to ignore it and he tries to repress it, but it won't go away. Partly it's the physical hunger that he's feeling, but it's more than that. It's a longing for home. He wants to go home. In this distant country, away from his father's household, he desperately wants to go home. And what initially felt like freedom has turned out to be a prison and an empty promise, a mirage. He remembers eating with his family. He remembers the warmth. He remembers the security. He remembers what it felt like to be clean, both on the outside and the inside. And now he feels jaded, and he feels soiled, and he feels dirty, and he feels worthless. And he starts to think seriously about what it would be like to return home. He sits having an imaginary conversation with his dad in his head. You know how you do that sometimes? When you try to map out a difficult dialogue before it takes place, what you're going to say, how you're going to say it. And he sits with the pigs and he thinks, I'll tell my dad. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But if there is any chance you could give me a job for a while, I could sleep in the servants' quarters. Anything is better than this, he thinks. He just wants to go home. Even if he has to go home and be a servant in his father's household, I don't know if any of you can see anything of yourself in this story. I know I can. Because the Bible says in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, it says, we're all like sheep who've wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing. We've all gone our own way. I think this describes, in essence, the human condition. We've all wandered, we've all lost our way, we've all gotten lost in life, we've all taken wrong turns. I don't know if you have a place that you remember as, as home, depending on where, where you are now, where you live, whether you're young or old, if there's a, a quintessential place, if you, especially if you've traveled and you've lived in foreign climes, if there's a place that for you will always feel like home, for me, it's, um, it's the place where I grew up. It's a, it's a little village called Ainsworth between two towns called Bury and Bolton near Manchester in the northwest of England. It's where I grew up until I was 18 years old. And I can still remember the house that I lived in. I can remember the bedroom where I shared bunk beds with my younger brother. And that was always interesting. And I remember the bathroom where I used to hammer on the door and tell my older sister to hurry up and get out the bathroom so that the rest of us could use it. And I remember the living room where my brother and I used to play indoor football and smashed more ornaments than was good for the health and well-being of our backsides. 
And remember the garage where I used to watch my dad tinker endlessly with our old banger of a car. He seemed to live under that car. And I remember the garden where I built my first snowman. And this was home. And I still like to go back there. I still like to wander around the village and see it. I still feel that sense of nostalgia at home, at what it was and what it emoted for me. Now, if we return to the story that Jesus is telling, remember why he was telling it. He was talking about people's relationship with God. He was describing people who've wandered far from God or who have no relationship with God. And if you remember, the religious people of his day were chastising Jesus for speaking to and hanging out with and eating with these kind of people. And somehow they had lost or didn't have a connection to God, people who were far from God. He was describing through his story, he was describing a spiritual condition. And I believe that for everyone here today, there is a spiritual home that God wants us to enjoy. And before I talk about church, the environment you find yourself in today, and, and Christianity, I want to talk to you about God himself. The image of the Father in this story. How do you see God? How do you relate to God? Look at how Jesus describes the Father, the representative of God in this story. How does he receive this lost son? And he arose, the son, and he came to his father, expecting perhaps to be chastised, to be put in the servants' quarters, to be rejected in some way. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he felt compassion. And he ran and he embraced him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and, and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found and they began to celebrate. That's the way Jesus paints the picture of God. For the lost son, home was much more than a house or possessions. Home was his father. Home was where his father was. And all of his imaginary conversations, the deal he was going to offer his dad, the justifications and the excuses, they got washed away in the strongest, all-encompassing bear hug he had ever experienced. And the tears of a father who would give anything to have his son back home. And this is what the psalmist says, the writer of the Psalms in the Bible. But I am in the very presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I have made the Lord God my home. Our spiritual home is first and foremost in relationship with God and with his son, Jesus. And Jeff Lucas is a 
speaker and he's an author. And he tells a story of how in his 40s he, he struggled with depression and struggled uh, in various aspects of his life. And he, he went home to visit his aging parents and he went and he slept in his old bedroom, in his old home. And he said as he was lying there, 40-something-year-old man, a successful speaker and author, he lay in his old bed in his old bedroom and his dad came in and he tucked, tucked him in for the night and he stroked his hair. And he said, I just felt in that moment the love of my father. As the father turned towards me, I'm, I'm a, a grown man, but I still need the love of a father. And how deeply touched he was by this. There is nothing to compare, I want to suggest to you, with a loving, living, ongoing relationship with the God who made us and who loves us and who has compassion on us. To talk to him, to hear his voice, to be filled with his Holy Spirit. This is what we were made for. Anything and everything else is a pale imitation. It's a filler. It's a blocker. It's a deviation. It's not home. It's a shack. And the psalmist said, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And if this story tells us anything with the self-questioning of a young guy far from home and the compassion of a father who runs to him and embraces him on his return, it shows the heart of God to you and to me that there is always a way back to God. There is always a way home. Now let me just get onto the subject of, of church for a while. Today is our try Church Sunday. I don't know what your relationship to church is. Maybe you're watching this online as well. There's a, an author called Anne Lamott, and she has written a book called Traveling Mercies. And Anne had a very tortuous pathway of finding her way to God. She wasn't a religious person. But she used to sneak into the back of a church and she used to listen to them singing their songs. She could never wait and stay for the preacher because it was always too much. And she would always slip out the back door before the preacher started. But as time went on, she felt herself drawn again and again to church and started, her heart started to warm towards the idea of a relationship with God. And she describes this story in her book. And she tells a story that her pastor told, a lady pastor who told of a time that her best friend got lost as a little girl. And the little girl ran up and down the streets of the big town where they lived. But she couldn't find a single landmark that she recognized. She was completely lost. She was very frightened. And finally, a policeman stopped to help her and he put her in the passenger seat of his car and they drove around until finally she saw her church. And she pointed it out to the policeman and she told him firmly, you can let me out here now. This is my church and I can always find my way home from here. And Anne Lamott 
picks up the metaphor and she says, that's why I have stayed so close to mine. Because no matter how bad I'm feeling, how lost or lonely or frightened, when I see the faces of the people of my church and hear their tawny voices, I can always find my way home. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. And I am back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. It's a rendering of Psalm 23. Now back to my reminiscences of, reminiscences of home. The thing about my family, and I'm sure it's true for yours, and my home, and my upbringing is this. It wasn't all sweetness and light. It was family. So there was disharmony sometimes and conflict, and there was drama and argument, and there was tragedy and trauma. But they are still my family, and it is still my home. And it's the same in the church family, actually. You get the good in church, and you get the bad, and you get the ugly, and you get the good times and the bad times, and you get the ups and the downs. But these people here are still my family, and this is still my home. And there are no perfect people allowed here. So if you're perfect this morning, don't come here. Because you won't fit in very well. Because we are all flawed, all of us. Sometimes you will hear, if you've got nothing to do with church, you will hear Christians, they're just a bunch of hypocrites. But they're not. They're just messed up people like you. They are beggars who have found bread and want to share it with other people. And if you've done things this morning that you're ashamed of, or if you've let yourself down, or if you've let others down, if you feel like you might have let God down, if you've simply drifted away from God and his family, or if you've willfully walked away, the invitation still stands for you to come home to your father and your family. In Ephesians we read, this kingdom of faith is your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. I think there are many reasons that people leave their spiritual home and wander away from church and from a relationship with God. But Peter, the Apostle Peter, he wrote a letter. And he said in his letter, he said, Friends, this world is not your home. So don't make yourselves cozy in it. Don't indulge your ego at the expense of your soul. I've got a terrible, terrible sense of direction. Thank the Lord God for sat-nav systems. <laughs> and sometimes I find myself driving and I find myself, even with the sat-nav system, I find myself taking the wrong turn. She's never quite sure when she says, turn right, is it this one, is it the next one? And before I know it, I've driven past. I remember once being on a circular around a large city, I think it was Bordeaux, and Jenny and I arguing <laughs> because we just couldn't get off this roundabout. Whichever way we went, we constantly got lost. We seemed to drive around Bordeaux for an eternity. I was shouting at her, the sat-nav was shouting at me, 
It was a nightmare. But in the end, what the Satnav will always say is recalculating route. At the next opportunity, make a U-turn. Or take the next left. We've all lost our way at times, and if you haven't yet, you will. But God is such a gracious and kind God. And if you're off track, or if you've wandered from the route that God set out for you in life, he will recalculate your route for you from exactly where you are this morning. And on the sat-nav, there's a button that you can program. It's called Home. You can press it, and it will take you home. Just tap on that, and wherever you are, you will be guided home. This morning, I think for some of us, perhaps, God wants to recalculate your route. Why don't you turn around, and why don't you head home? I want to show you a little video now, and it's an invitation. It's a course that we run here in the church, and it's called the Alpha Course. And it it is a course where people explore the Christian faith, ask the questions, the big questions of life, about purpose and meaning, about God, about suffering, about church and Christianity and the Bible, about Jesus. Did he really exist? What's the proof about the resurrection? It's a great course that's been done by millions and millions of people around the world. I'd like to show you a little invitation video for that now. We'll watch that together. Life moves fast, doesn't it? Every day there is so much to fit in. But do you ever stop and think? What's the point of it all? Do you ever ask yourself, is there more to life than this? Alpha is a series of sessions exploring life, faith, and meaning. It's a space to explore the big questions, to say what you think, and hear other people's points of view. First up, there's food, then a talk, followed by a discussion. Each talk explores a different aspect of the Christian faith, and then in the small group, you get to say exactly what you think. The aim of the talk is to spark conversation, each week unpacking a different question. There's no obligation to say anything, and there's nothing you can't say. Seriously. It's an opportunity to hear from others and contribute your own perspective in an honest, friendly and open environment. Why not try it out? We'll be starting one of these courses uh, just after the summer break here at the church. And um, we run two of these a year. We, uh, we'll be starting this time in, in the building. We'll be having food to start off with. And then we'll be watching videos. And then we'll be asking questions about these major questions of life. And I'd love to invite you this morning to sign up, to respond, to look at your faith and your relationship with God. On your seats this morning, if you have a look, there were these response cards. And I'd love you to take them out now. And and, and I'm going to ask Rachel to come up. She's going to sing a song for us in a moment. But just take a look at these response cards that are on your seats. And it's just a chance for you to respond to what I've said this morning.
And um, if you need a pen, our welcome team are going to be wandering around the building. Just put your hand up if you need a pen, and uh, they'll put one in your hand. But uh, there's no obligation to fill this out. Of course there isn't. But if you would like to, it, it, it says things like this. I would like to learn more about the Christian faith by attending an Alpha course. Or I, I would like to attend the next Connect lunch. That's just a lunch that we have here after the morning service where you just come and have some food and get to know people. Or I would like to join one of the small groups in the church and get to know people that way. Or I would like someone to pray for and you can write down what you would like us to pray for. Or there's a line there for other. If you want to say something else or ask something else or ask someone to meet up with you, then this is your chance. We just need your name and your email and your telephone number and your response. So if you want to fill that out, as I say, you don't have to, but if you want to this morning, and if you need a pen, just put your hand up and somebody will magically appear by your elbow and, and put it in your hand. And, uh, and just take the opportunity as Rachel um, sings this song for us now uh, to fill that out. And then in a few moments, we're going to sing a song together and we're going to take an offering. Um, we're going to pass buckets around. And this is your great opportunity to pretend that you're putting something in the offering when you're not. You can just put this in. Um, but we'll be, give you that response to, uh, ch- chance to do that in a few moments. But for now, let's listen to this song that Rachel's going to sing for us about coming home to the Father.
Father, I thank you that you are calling us, each one of us, home. We've all wandered like sheep. We've all gotten lost. There's a moment in this story where the man comes to his senses and he thinks, I'm going to make my way home. And Father, I pray that wherever we are, however far we find ourselves from God, Father, I pray that we would find our way home to you, to the relationship that you made us for, to the experience of faith that you want to give us, to new life and new hope. And none of us is too far gone or too far away to be reached and to be loved by our Father. And so I pray that today, God, you will touch our hearts and our minds. Stir up a response, Lord, that will cause us to turn and to make our way towards you. And we pray this. I pray this for everyone within earshot of this message today. In Jesus' name.